Welcome back, Rebels. I was chatting to our mate Lucy Werner the other day. Um, as I mentioned on a, a previous intro, she's got a book coming out soon called Brand Yourself. And I was saying that there's no real, until now, because Lucy's written this book, she sent us both an advanced copy and there's it, it's really nice to finally have a step-by-step guide to branding, which is really nice. So cheap plug for the book there. It seems that every creative that I speak to has a vague kind of understanding of branding. Uh, they realise it's more than just a logo because that's the kind of phrase that gets thrown yeah. around, like branding's more than just a logo, but they don't really sort of realise what it is and what steps they have to put into it. And I think talking to this week's guest, Andy Noyan, when you look at every single project that he's started, they've all got really strong brand identity that kind of speaks to the people that would be frequenting those establishments. Yeah, I feel like as individuals, it's sometimes weird to think about branding and think about like, how do you brand yourself? How do you, I suppose that kind of comes down to the personal branding side of it. But you, we generally think of like businesses as having brands. Whereas, yeah, we rarely think, okay, well, how do I grow my brand? We often think, okay, well, I need a website, I need a logo, all the kind of like basic things attached to it. But I think what really makes a brand is the kind of like personality of it. It's it's almost if you think about your business as a person, you've kind of got the visual representation in terms of like your brand identity, which is like your logo, your website, the fonts that you use, the colors that you use, those kind of things. But then also understanding that there is a personality to that brand as well and making sure that that comes across and knowing who that brand is friends with. So who it wants to hang out with, what kind of people want to hang out with it. I think those are all things you really need to think about when it comes to branding, because it, it isn't just the logo. Like a logo doesn't mean anything. It's it's the meaning you put onto it. Like the Nike swoosh doesn't mean anything. It doesn't represent sport, but but it kind of does represent sport now because of all the meaning that they've put onto that shape. So when you see that shape, you then think sports, like success, like just doing it, like all the things that they've built up over the years and really focusing on how you can do that for your brand, I think is really important. So I suppose then that would come down to consistency because the more that you are consistently showing up with whatever it is that you do and people start to trust and learn what it is that they are going to receive from you, they will associate that with your brand colours, with your font, with your logo, which are all important things. It's like we're not saying don't have those things. They are really important things. But do they do they convey the same message that your work does, that you do as a person? It's interesting there, as you were you were saying, I, I was kind of picturing our business and sort of graffiti life when it started was kind of you, me and Yona, our ideals and our values and what we thought was right in the world and what we wanted to change. But then all of a sudden you get members of staff coming in and they affect it and they change it and they mould it, but still they are all aligned in the original things that we first laid down in concrete. Like, so there's not going to be someone comes in who like drastically thinks something really like way over here that's going to like knock the brand off course. But the consistency over the years of people knowing what our service or our products are and us consistently delivering those without like, I think like, I think it's great to surprise people, but pick what you surprise them in. And that can't be like a big surprise in, in uh, that can't be a big change in character. You always have to be putting forward like what what it is that you believe, I suppose, if is is going down to a to a deeper level, is is what it is you believe yeah. in your your reputation, like what people think of when they think of your brand. Yes, it's interesting when you talk about kind of like graffiti life and our evolution through that, because it's like 
what I would recommend is, and especially like looking at other companies who I feel like have done this wrong, is constantly, so when you start your business, you think of your brand, you work out what you want to do, what difference you want to make on the world, all those kind of things, find your why, all, all, all the things that we think about around that. But then it's like, then I think you keep going with it with like really consistently, but then optimizing as you go along. So it almost kind of refines what you're doing. Whereas I think where people get stuck and where the problems lie is when people have done it for a certain amount of time and then they just change and it's like now something completely different and it's never had time to build up in someone's mind as this is what the consistency is this is what their brand is because people won't know because it changes all the time it's like everyone knows someone who gets really into something for a really short period of time and they're like obsessed with it and then two weeks later they're bored of it and now they're on to something else and but then you get to know that person as being that person you can never settle with anything yeah, their brand becomes inconsistency like changing exactly. their logo every two weeks exactly whereas it needs to be something that is consistent that is just refined over time and i think where uh with graffiti life was an interesting example is when we first started our brand kind of we had what it was going to be but then that evolved over time and i think we were quite affected as well by the kind of clients that we were taking on because then we suddenly started to realize actually well this is this is the market we thought we would hit after doing it for a certain amount of time, we're like, actually, this is the market that we actually appeal to. So then we started to tweak our branding to align to those people. And I think understanding who your audience is and making sure that you align to them is really important because at the end of the day, those are the people you're going to sell to. So it's making sure that you actually fit, you look and fit and feel like what they expect to feel in that industry. Uh, and I think, yeah, Andy, this week's guest has done this really, really well, where you can really see his kind of past in streetwear follow through into all of the different things that he does going forward and it's that kind of streetwear community which i feel like he's now appealing to with all of the other kind of endeavors that he's started which could be like food restaurants coffee shops like anything that he's kind of put his hand to always has that little element of streetwear and i think by having that every single time he goes into these businesses knowing who the audience is in advance and just understanding that means you can design something you can brand something for them I think so often the the audience is going to be yourself or um, a, a version of you. I, th- I think I think it'd be very difficult for someone to start a brand that serves people that are completely different to them. I think that would be a real jump. I'm sure it's possible, but I think you're going to see the most success when you're because, because really, like I I don't want to make paintings for someone who doesn't believe the things that I believe. Yeah. So uh, so recently, I was telling you about a, a car brand that that um contacted me and it's like it's clearly they don't they don't care about art they don't care about my mission of, of sort of like trying to use my art to enlighten and and cheer people up and make people feel good feelings they wanted to be associated with me probably because i've got a lot of followers and whilst like the paycheck would be really great i don't need the paycheck at the moment so i said no yeah. to it because the paycheck would be great let's like let's establish that the paycheck would be great but Every time you do take that pay- paycheck, there is always a risk that you are going to damage your brand in some sort of way. So for me, it's more important to only do the jobs that I want to do with the brands that do align. And unless there's a month where it's like, I've got to do this because I've got to make rent. And that's going to be the one where I'm going to, but but like, I think if you do those sacrifices too often, then you start to like chip away and people will start to realize like, I'm not sure how I feel about this because he's aligned with this, this and this, which doesn't really fit with what I'm aligned in. It's really interesting because actually when I think about like my personal brand, it's kind of the opposite because I don't sell to people like me. 
I actually sell to people completely different. But I think the way that I've managed to make that successful is fully immerse myself in the world of my audience, understand mm. what they like, what they're into. And I think once you do that, it's like you have to fully commit to it because you can't just think you know what that audience might want, which I think is the problem what a lot of people have, is they're just like, well, oh, oh this is who I am and I know best and this is what this demographic is going to like. I think you see it a lot in like marketing where you'll see an advert aimed at young people and it's just like you just cringe because you're like you've missed the mark so hard on this like yeah. someone high up in the marketing company has been like oh this is exactly what kids like kids like dancing because they like tiktok and that's why everything's now got dancing in it and yeah it's just it, they just haven't really got it whereas i think if they'd have actually spent time fully researching what those people actually like what those people think are cool not what you think that they think are cool that can make such a difference but though, there there must be. Does that mean like you would take any any client? Because there must be things that certain dancers or performers so, would come to you with, and you would be like, "Ah, oh, that's not really my vibe." Yeah. So I think I think where the alignment is there, we're aligned on the style of the artwork that I'm creating, and it's like they like what I like, and vice versa. So it's kind of it all. I found this synergy there. And I think that's where the kind of nice balance lies is when there's almost like a good respect between you and your audience. So it's like, you're basically making what you want to make for people that you get like and get on with. Mm. And I think that's why, why I, I've kind of narrowed down to this audience because it's like everyone who I shoot with, is generally like really lovely. Like everyone's like really like positive, positive. Everyone is kind of like, yeah, just, just really nice people. And I think, I've shot with all sorts of different people over the time. And I think when you find people who you're like, actually, I enjoy spending time with people like this because they're nice, because they're interesting, because they're kind of motivated. I think that's probably a big thing as well. It's like, obviously, so much of what we talk about on this show is kind of having that motivation to go at something creatively. And every single person who comes in has basically dedicated their life to following a creative, creative endeavor which I think that's where you suddenly get a bit of alignment and you can have interesting conversations based around creativity, yeah. based around future and that kind of thing. So I suppose, yeah, when I think about who the audience is, actually breaking it down now, I do really see similarities because it's like listeners of this show are very, very similar people to the people who come in to shoot and having those conversations like we do on the podcast every week, having conversations with people who come in, then suddenly actually, yeah, we're not the same in terms of, like the way that we look and dress and ages and that kind of thing. But actually, we're aligned in kind of thought process. Yeah, it's interesting. So we've we've gone from building your brand and your reputation to surrounding yourself with people that you like and making work with them and like being around people that you have fun with, uh, which sounds great to me. So so yeah, like like create something that is going to bring those people into your sphere and then you can hang out with and then you can hang out with those people a lot and then you're going to have a really great time. So, um, so yeah, so it just goes to show sort of how, how deep branding can run because the consequences of you setting up a brand that's going to attract the people that you want to be hanging around 100%. with is just going to lead to so much like happiness and, and fun time spent together. It's like this show. We've engineered something where we can sit and have conversations with the kinds of people that we want to have conversations with all the time because we've built the brand around creative entrepreneurship, business, getting started, just doing things, patience, consistency, all the things that we talk about all the time. And to have those conversations with people who also believe those things, it's like we've built the brand to allow us to do that. So if you want to do anything, 
find the people who want to do that too and bring all that in together because it's going to lead to such a more fulfilling job than just working for people who you don't believe in who you don't share any interests with I think like that's when things get hard so try as much as you can to try and find the people who are your people and bring them together through your brand so I I, I think this week's guest um, you can look Andy Noyan up on Instagram and have a look at sort of some of the the different projects he's worked on if you go to his bio you can see that he's the CEO and founder of about a million companies um, and just <laughs> just go through and have a look like visually how strong they are and how they all have their own unique flavor but there's sort of similarities and i if i was in one of andy's restaurants there, i could probably guess like i probably have a good kind of inkling that this is one of his projects so i personally found it really inspiring i found the uh, like the first question i asked him is about entrepreneurial dna and i don't believe in it and so many entrepreneurs say like oh you're either born with it or you're not but it really seems to me like andy learned how to be on an entrepreneur like he, yeah. he wasn't born with it he got kicked out of school uh, he went on to do real estate for a bit. That didn't bring him any joy. He moved into streetwear. From streetwear, he went to into food and now drinks as well. And it's just a really interesting um, journey that he's been on. So enjoy this episode because I did. Hi, Andy. Hey, what's up, David? Welcome to the show. How's everything going? Things are things are good. Um, California's pretty crazy right now. Everything's opened back up. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's yeah, it's the same over here. It's it's crazy. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you, dude, is is do you believe? I I hear it all over the place about this entrepreneurial DNA. Like some people are natural born entrepreneurs. I think researching your story, I like I found so many similarities with like how you came up as to how I came up. What's your kind of opinion on people just being born entrepreneurs? I don't know if I was born with it. Um. I think it's something that I, I, I wanted along the way once I realized what, what was the outcome. Um, but I, don't, I definitely don't think I was born with that. I've, I've transitioned so much over over time. I'm a completely different person than I was when I first started. Um, you know, I, I never had that, you know, that that drive for me was different towards different things. I think the, the, the drive for me is is things that I was born with instead of just the entrepreneur spirit. You know, I could have been driven to work for something. I could have worked for somebody that if it was an industry that I was super passionate about, maybe I would have done excelled well in it. Uh, I just didn't do well in, you know, classroom settings. I didn't do well, you know, in, in, in those type of corporate settings. I knew, I, you know, I didn't work well under under, under others. Um, so, but I think um, things, how things aligned and the people that I was surrounded by with, surrounded with uh, pretty much, opened up this platform for me that I understood. I was like, okay, well, I know what to do with this and or I kind of get it and this is what I would do if, if I had the opportunity. I think it's really important to, to follow what feels right for you rather than feel, follow what you feel is just like what everyone else does. Because I think like, especially like the phrase entrepreneur, especially like growing up for me, that was very much like someone who's just a very businessy, they all they care about is kind of like the numbers, the margins and all those kind of like Wolf of Wall Streety kind of, like terminology yeah they walk they walk around they walk around in a suit and with the little briefcase and that's that's kind of how i imagined what a business person was when i when i was a kid because i didn't know anyone that looked like any of us right now dressed like us just you know in t-shirts and just with the hats on chilling like this this was not that was not possible 20 years ago and when you were kind of first getting started what kind of made you think that actually this is possible this isn't like the people who are doing this currently they don't look like me what was it that kind of gave you the drive to think, like, actually, this is something that I can do? I, th I think as I started entering the field and once I started understanding understanding the lingo of, you know, the, how to utilize certain terms and how to talk to people older than me, 
and getting them to respect my uh, respect my work or even give me the opportunity to, to to work with them i think that's when i started noticing okay well it's not about how i dress it's how I, you know if can i can i am i able to tackle these um assignments and am i thriving through through my business or my team growing so once people started seeing that i think they started you know looking past what I was wearing or what I look like. Yeah, that, I think that's something that so many young people struggle with. And like, as you were saying, that, I was like, oh my God, I'm having those exact same thoughts of like, well, who's going to think that I'm any good because I'm 18, 20, like quite a young guy. Like I remember me and David going to a meeting once and like I had like long hair, these like big boots. And then I think they emailed us after him like, yeah, the kind of the guy with the weird hair and the long, the big boots. And I was just like, <laughs> God, but like at the time you've just got to just, I think that like, you've got to be yourself to a degree. But um, what what kind of advice do you have for people who are a bit younger who want to try and get that respect of people who are older? I, I think it's you, you gotta you, you gotta pay respects to to the people that paved the way. Um, pretty much learn you know understand what they've done why why what they do works, and then start picking it apart right, and then adding your mix and style into it. And I think that's along the way that that comes with experience. Um, and I've, I've, you know, I've messed up so many times, and especially early on, and and trying to understand it, and 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 trying to make things work. But I, you know, I continue to push at it, and eventually, I got better and better, and, and over time, developed my my uh, my skill set. So, when you were at school, were there any kind of careers that that people were pushing you down the route of, like? Were you were you aware of the the vast array of things that you could go out and do in the world, or was it very much like these are the five jobs that we know about, and that's that's your only option? Oh, I'm, I'm I'm Asian. My parents, you know, my parents are immigrant. You know, the immigrant parents they moved to America in the '70s, so you know, all they knew were education. And, and if you if you have Asian friends, you know, education is number one in any Asian household. So my parents expected me to be a lawyer, doctor you know, pharmacists, any, any Asian skills, <laughs> any Asian careers that they see the other kids have. And that's what they wanted me to do. And that's what they kept pushing me towards. And I had zero interest in any of those careers. Um, I remember in, in um, college, I started taking uh, career planning classes on what I was going to do. And they made me take all these surveys and I kept getting really like odd career goal, like nothing that I wanted to do in my head, in my head, I was picturing, I'm going to be a sports agent. I'm going to be like a music producer. You know, I'm going to work, I'm going to be a creative. And then what showed up in these surveys had none of those things. It just had like office administrator, like janitorial work and trash man. I was like, what? what? No, no, I'm not doing any of this. There's no way I'm doing any of this. I think that's really sad because I feel like as a young person, I thought like you want to be able to inspire people who have been like, this is something that you can achieve if you put your mind to rather than just like oh here's something that we we don't ever expect anything of you so it's like well we so it's like we'll just stop now yeah i guess like, i guess that's what the barrier that they set for me and and for, i guess for my parents that's all they that's all they knew uh, they didn't know anything else and none of their none of my peer or my, my parents children's were there none of them were entrepreneurs you know they didn't none of us i didn't even know what that word meant until after i started my my business I never even heard of that word. I was like, what is that? So, um, you know, that was not even, I was not, that, was, that wasn't a thing. You know, these days you see it all over social media. Like everyone wants to be an entrepreneur, have the CEO tag or whatever. Um, but that was non-existent at that, that time period. I think with parents, it's like they know that, that based on their experiences, they know that the doctor or the lawyer is a very safe career. It pays well. So you get into that field, you're going to be set for the for the rest of your life. I'm sure now 
that your parents are really proud of you and everything that you've achieved because now they have the knowledge that you didn't have to be a doctor or a lawyer. You've shown them basically that you you can be successful without going down those paths. Correct. I think as any parent, even myself as a parent now, you know, I, I'm just hoping um, that I can guide, you know, set the blueprint for my children the right way and hopefully they, they take it and, and do something great out of it themselves. You know, my parents are definitely very proud now. They, they, you know, it's, it's, it makes it a lot easier when they're seeing me in the press and the news or seeing lines down the block of my store. So, it, it, you know, now they're now, and, they're, and their friends, their, their friends are bragging to them like, oh, I went to your, your son's store. I'm eating at his restaurant and super crowded. So it's, it's a different, it's a different playing field now. Yeah. That's dope. When, when it comes to your kid, I, I think this is something that I'd really struggle with as a parent. I feel like listening to your story so much of your success has come from the adversity that you've that you've faced in your life, all those kind of trials and tribulations that you've been through. Is there part of you as a dad who like is like, right, when it comes to like 18 years old, I'm going to kick you out and you're going to have to fend for yourself so that you can go through the adversity? Or is there the very natural kind of energy of like, I'm going to cuddle you and, and look after you and make sure none of that shit hits you? It's like, because both are kind of important. It's so hard. It's, it is definitely. I'm, I, you know, I, I think about those things all the time, and I, it's hard to say. You know, they're, they're still early in life, and I'm still learning. I'm still adjusting to being a parent mm. at the same time. Um, I want them. I'd like to my daughters to learn to learn. Uh, you know, everything. Uh, and hopefully, they. I'll just teach them the blueprint, and then they, they're going to decide what they want to do. Right? That's, that's there's so much you can do, and. I, and there's so much handholding that you can do along the way, but you still want them to to grow and fl- flourish on their own and develop their own skill sets and thing or things that they're passionate about as well. You know, I can I can I can teach them kindness, empathy. I can I can guide them with all the business knowledge I have. But my you know my wife's also a teacher, so she can she can teach them along the way as well. Um, but you know, it's it's also the world. There's a crazy world out there as well, and you know the influence of, of friends and circle of people that are around or and and how society is at the same time it's just i just the world's going to work in itself out and and hopefully i just set them up uh, the best way i can i think like as you were saying that there i was literally thinking about because i don't have kids but i have the listeners of this show and everything you were saying there i was like that is so relevant to so much of like what what i feel like about the listeners it's like we can help you to kind of get that motivation to get started we can give you little tips and push you in the right direction but at the end of the day, it's going to come down to you to do it. And I think as parents and as people, like all we can do is, yeah, help people get started. And then it's up to them to, co- to continue. The first business that you got into was real estate. Uh, you're, you're a young guy. And I can see that the allure of the, the money in that industry was probably a factor, I'd imagine. Um, how was how was that? And like, because you made a success of it. Um, but what eventually caused you to divert from that and move into something more creative yeah I, I think i don't i don't think the money portion was the primary factor like we we saw some guy that was doing it that was a little, a little older than us and, and pretty successful i think for myself was my best friend was was involved he, he he jumped into the industry first and this was a great way for me to not be in school anymore and to be able to work with my friends on doing something that sound sounded cool i had no idea what the hell i was doing or what i was getting into uh, but i think the mere fact of he, how he was so passionate about it he's like you know this is super cool we can start our own company and i was like well you can start your own company like are you serious like all right i guess i'm down then and you know jumping into the industry like yeah we learned how to make a lot of money early on 
but I never had, I never really had fun doing it. It wasn't like a career that I was like stoked. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm excited to go do some real estate appraisal work today. You know, it was, it was nothing <laughs> like that. You know, I was just, uh, you know, it's cool that we got to work and, you know, we get to hang out with my friends in the office and we get to joke around and, and do our thing. Um, and I think that's, that. you know, eventually when I started, the reason why I diverted was because, you know, I saw things that I was more passionate about. I was like, well, this industry is cool, but I'd rather, I'd rather go into the fashion industry. It looks a lot more fun for me. And the, 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 we also jumped into, we are in the industry right around the, the market, the, the recession, you know, recession, the recession hit and a lot of laws and regulations changed and we had to, we had to, we had to move. And I think that forced us to jump into the next industry, which was not the smartest industry at the time in 2007, 2008 was not the best time to start a clothing brand, but uh, that's just what we did. So let's talk about the, the birth of the, of the clothing brand like because it was successful and you ran it for like seven or eight years didn't you yep. like like how how do you start a clothing brand because you like you didn't come from that world like what's what's the first steps luckily i had a friend who was starting a clothing brand and we ended up sharing an office together we did our real estate on one side and he did his uh, he did his clothing brand on the other side of the room like we just shared one little a small room about 300 square feet i'm not sure what you guys uh, over there measure it but it was a tiny. It was a tiny room. He has half, He's designing on the other half, and I'm doing the real estate thing on this side. And just watching, I'm like, man, what you're doing is way cooler than what I'm doing. Right now. <laughs> this is this is fun. You got to be. You got to be creative. You got to design clothes. You you know. You got to go sell t-shirts. You got to have like wrappers and, and stuff. Wear your clothes. I was like, that's that's what I want to do. You know, that's the, that's what I enjoy. You know, I enjoyed spending my money on clothes and sneakers. And I was like, this is for me. I need to do it. And. Um, that's what kind of inspired me to, to go out and start my own brand and um, jumping into it. I honestly thought I knew what I was doing just because I was around him so much. But start when we had to start on our own, we had no idea what the hell we were doing. Um, we, you know, we built a team of designers, sales reps. We started going the wholesale route and working with uh, working with um, stores. You know, going like door to door, selling to stores, like as working with the buyers, like, hey, can you? Can you order our clothes? This is our new brand. You know, we got our doors slammed in our face like hundreds of times before they said yes. Uh, but we kept pushing forward. And I think we also went the trade show route as well. You know, we're, we're doing a lot of um, studying on that. Uh, went to the trade show and tried to, you know, makeshift our booth to look super as nice as we could. And that started attracting a lot of really solid buyers uh, from around the world. So we're picking up accounts from Japan, um, England, uh, throughout the United States. And, and, and from there, it just kept, you know, um, uh, snowball effect. It kept building up and up and up from there. So on a, on a practical note, um, if you're kind of starting a business, how did you go about deciding where to start, what, what shows to start going to, who to start approaching and those kind of things? Um, we started stuttering, uh, studying. We started studying a lot of our competitors in the in the in the realm, and finding out what shows they went to, what stores were they carried in, because you know we wanted to sit alongside those brands, because you know if we're alongside those brands, this is this is our community that we this is our type of customer that should be wearing our brand. Uh, so once we did a lot of research, uh, we start pretty much following that route, right? And seeing the guy that did it before us, because we, if they didn't, we wouldn't be able to we wouldn't be able to figure it out. And internet. The internet was still developing at the time. Um, e-commerce wasn't as big because everyone was still weary of ordering and being shipped and not trying things on. It, you know, it was such a different market then than it, than it is now. So we, we you know, our 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 B two B business uh, was a lot stronger than the 
direct to consumer side in england we'd call it well i don't know i feel like i would call it like a clothing company but i love the way it's called a clothing you'd yeah. phrase it as a clothing brand because i think brand is so important and it's like that's what's going to make people actually buy into it what do you think makes a good brand and how do you make a brand stand out um i, I can speak for our brand what we did at the time was we did a lot of storytelling um, our graphics were also loud. You know, we we, we try we wanted to to stand out on the shelf amongst everyone else, right? You're you're on a shelf with so many different brands, and people don't know what our brand is. So we need to you know come out with graphics that were fun and loud and and tailored to that uh, particular customer. Uh, but we also utilize blogging. You know, we're blogging every single day. We're sharing stories about our our success. You know, our failures. We're sharing what we're eating for lunch. We're making you know, funny videos inside the office and sharing it with the public. And I think a lot of people related to that. Um, also, you know, they, they saw they saw me as in, in my community, I was the minority in my community making noise. And kids that were younger than me that looked like me were inspired. You know, they're like, wow, this guy is doing it um, by just being himself and not having to, to, to get a degree by doing that. Then that's what I want to do as well. And you were blogging on an almost daily basis, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. About for about seven years, we're seven days a week. Had something always had content ready to go. I think that's so important. Like that that work ethic for for seven years, like continuously blogging every mm -hmm. single day. It's it's that is so like so much of your success must be down to that. It must be down to that consistency. And the the people that I see fail, it's because they don't have that work ethic. They they have all of the desire for the for the kind of um for everything that comes with building something successful but they don't have the the desire to to do what it takes and sometimes that takes making a blog every single day like like now blogging's kind of may, maybe it's not the route to go but like posting every day like making videos whatever it might be but doing something different regularly that's going to get attention on your brand right yeah and, and i was learning i was i was learning along the way especially now you know you i, I carried that over to where it worked to social media um but i was i learned how to write a lot better throughout that process you know i improved my writing skills like I, as you said being consistent um and understanding the content that people wanted to see you know as as a blog we were also learning to become entertainers you know we're, we're entertainers on, on with within our our world so i was like okay well how do i keep people engaged entertained um, how do I get better at this? I need to pay attention to what people are, uh, other people are doing in entertainment. You know, I was like, okay, well, I started studying entertainment. I started studying experiences. I was going to Disney. I was, you know, good thing I live in Orange County. Disneyland's like down the street. So I was going there maybe two, three, three times a week, you know, understanding about storytelling, how they build these experiences and just kind of putting it into, uh, adding that into my world. I think that's so interesting. Like everything that you're talking about there, from going to like the trade shows, looking at who your competitors have done to all this research you're doing. It's just like everyone has done it all before. It's like you don't need to reinvent the wheel. It's just find the people who've done it before, look what worked, and just replicate it. Yeah, but also do it in a unique way and stand out. It's like it's creativity, isn't it? It's it's because if you just rep, because I think what most people do is like say I'm bringing out a, a health food bar. When you go into Boots and you look on the shelf for all of the health food bars, they all look the same because no one's, everyone's scared that they don't want to be rejected. So they've all got the earthy mm. nature, whatever. Like if I was going to do that, I'd make a neon green one or something. So it, so it just looks completely out of place because that would be the one that people would go to and pick up. And I think that's what Andy was talking about, like with his designs for the clothing. It was like it stood out on the shelf. It looked different to the competitors. So he took their model, but then also... Mm throws in his own personality, makes something unique, and that's where the success comes. 
Yeah, I suppose like adding that personality onto it is where the difference is, isn't it? It's like that's the difference totally. between making something that's like is the same or it's you. It's like the fact yeah. that you put your failures, your fact what you had for lunch on your blog. It's like then that's suddenly opening up to like who you are. And I suppose as soon as your audience starts to understand exactly who you are, then they'll start to like care about that a lot more, have some affiliation to it. And I suppose it's yeah. like that uniqueness added on top of everything else. And the uniqueness is going to come from you as well, because that's the thing that's different to every other brand. It's like you could start a brand, someone down the street who had the exact same upbringing, listened to the same music, everything that you did. But the brand would probably be different in the end because of your the route you've got to get there. Yeah, you can, everyone could follow my same exact route, but they'll get different results just based off time, luck, um, what kind of items you're presenting, um, you know, who you're selling it to. A lot of different things, a lot of different factors could change the entire outcome, right? Either they could do better than me or, or a lot worse than I did. Um, but I think all of it, everything matters in this game, you know, this entrepreneurship game. You could have the best ideas and concept, but the timing might not be right. Or, um, or you're not right in the, lo- the right location, or you're, you're you're missing one little fact, or you just gave up right before you're about to pop off. There's so many different factors that could change everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so true. I, I think the the big takeaway from for me there is is the work ethic because it's like you take this kid who's been kicked out of school. Um, I'm sure. Like I don't, I've never heard you say this before, but I'm sure there were people saying, "Oh, he's never going to make anything of it." All of those sort of things, because that's what comes along with being kicked out of school. And all of a sudden, here we are, is like the thing that you can control is is work ethic. And here you are every single day going, I'm going to make this a success. And the way you do that is is by putting in the work where it needs to be done. Because I'm sure there were times, especially if you're learning to write while you're blogging, I'm sure there's times where you're like frustrated and the last, like you're tired because you've been running a business. The last thing you want to do is write a blog. But that's where that kind of, that third gear that a lot of people don't have, as soon as that kicks in, that's that's such a key thing i think is is work ethic i agree i agree and i see a lot of it even with a lot of partnerships i've been, been involved in um you know I'm, I'm always at i'm always working at you know 110 miles per hour and, and everyone else is at, i'm like how are you guys at why are you guys working at 70 like i'm already i'm already over here and and they're they, you know they're not used to it you know i was like hey you guys want if you guys want to get to this level you need to step your game up and you need to keep it up there but i guess for me i've been doing it so long that it's like it's like a natural habit right like I mean, i'm going to i'm going to i'm just i'm just i'm always running i'm not stopping and if you guys don't keep up then i'm i'm gone i think that's it isn't it it's like it's making it a habit like when you first started like when yeah. you first started blogging um for, for that 7 year run did you have to really like try to be consistent and make sure that you really made an effort to post at the start? Yeah, you know, I was trying to figure out content all the time. I was like, hey, should I post this or how do I? I'm having writer's block. Like, I don't know how to turn this into a story. Um, my grammar is way off. Like, I, I, you know, I was trying to figure everything out at the same time. I did, I hated being on camera. I, you know, like there's so many different factors that I had to overcome. Uh, and I had to, had to keep tweaking along the way until I got comfortable at it and made it something, you know, like a natural, became natural. You know, like I knew you wake up, you get hop on the computer and start writing right now. And, and you you don't leave the table until you get it done. And do you have any advice to people who feel like actually like, because it's like, if you've got a day and you're like, okay, I need to put something out today and you're like, I just don't know what to do. What advice would you give to someone who's like in a bit of a stuck situation? You know, there's, there's so many different things you can do. You go outside, take a walk, you know, take a breather, get, you know, do some shopping, get some, get some inspiration, you know, things that, things that aren't, aren't tied to you having to create in the moment, get, go for a drive, listen to music, 
uh, listen to a podcast. You know, there's, there's, there's so many ways to get inspired these days, you know, go out and have lunch and not think about what you're doing and then come back and, and knock it out again. I know a lot of people will be uh, listening to this on audio and not watching the video. Um, when I said to you about uh, people saying that you'll never make it, you were you were nodding your head there. Um, so for those people that were naysayers um, in the beginning, did you kind of use that as a fuel to to keep going and make sure that you were successful? Of course, I always I still work to this day like I have a chip in my shoulder. You know, to to everyone that doubted me or or or. or you know, try to go up against me or, you know, try to set me up for, for failure. You know, I, I, I was ready to fight, you know, I'm always, I'm always swinging, you know, I do it quietly, but I'm, I'm always swinging. I got that, I got that, um, chip on my shoulder forever. Dude, it's so true. I'm so the same way. And like, I, sometimes when I'm getting interviewed, I like, I'm not sure whether I should like mention it, but because, because like, it's not always, it's not always, um, praised in, in the current day of like, wanting to prove everyone wrong and then like you need to be more zen and just let it go and and whatever just don't let them get to you but like it's such a driver for me like no fuck you i've got i've got it in me like the fuck you like i it, it's part of me it drives me it's like that you know that 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 dark side of you but you you utilize it for good things you know like that's that that dark that dark, dark channel you know it's like that they call that that kobe bryant uh, mama mentality you know that's what we call it over here you yeah, know and you're utilizing that and i've used that for years and it's it's carried me you know it's it's carried me here um and and i don't i don't see it i don't see myself letting off anytime soon well i feel as soon as you know something's working and it works for you you should do more of that it's like just because someone else says don't do that because it doesn't work for them it doesn't mean that that's the right thing yeah no yeah everyone's everyone's different you know everyone applies you know if you're if you're a yoga zen person you're gonna you're gonna work differently in life you know you're gonna do more breathing and something i guess it works for them but for me i like i like working under pressure you know i like I like when the fire's lit. I like when, you know, I, I like when, uh, you know, me and my partners are going at it because, you know, th- that's where the magic happens. You know, that's when we're, 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 you know, we're developing the, some of the craziest ideas because we're, you know, we know time, we're running out of time and we have to make something work. And you can't just sit there and be like, oh, things are all, you know, all good because they're not. If, you know, you're, you're living in real life, real life, th- a lot of, a lot of things happen every single day and you're, you're putting out more fires than, than celebrating successes, you know, at, at most of the time. You mentioned um, some of your partners would you would you recommend working with friends like have you lost friends over business like what's how how's you how do you feel about that um yeah I, you know i have i have um speaking from my first business my partner then is still my partner now to this day you know we're still best friends and we work together well together and i think that i think that gave me the confidence to work with other people along the way um because I, I was very lucky to have a good first partner but along the way i've had a lot of bad partners where as there's you know friends are not friends anymore and we don't talk you know money you've seen how money changes people you've seen how egos come out um you know there's it, a lot of there's a lot of different factors you know like but it's and, and no one's ever really right or wrong you know it's just we all pursue things differently you know we all everyone has a different mindset on how they want to work um and how you want to get there is a, such a different path so it's hard to say you know I, I could i could say bad things about that person all day long but you know it may for them it might be everything's right for them and for me it, you know i'm just stuck to my ways and do you have any advice for trying to find yeah. a good partner ah that's, man some people are such great salespeople that you can't it's so hard to break them down right it's hard you can't you can't you you don't you don't see the problems until it, sometimes it's too late yeah. you're like oh my god how did i miss these but sometimes you're also you know they're, they're such a good salesperson that you just all the red flags just fly over you until you hit it later yeah. on so i don't know for me it's just like you know what let's let's keep as long as i keep doing my best and that i am 
doing my best to be a good what I believe is become to be a good partner and transparent and working together, I can I can only do so much, right? And if it works out, awesome. If not, if not, you can go out to the streets and and pretty much everyone's gonna tell you like I, I'm not a person that screws people over. My reputation, you know, I'm twenty. I've been twenty years into this. You go around asking anyone in the city, they go, no, definitely not Andy. It's gonna be that. It's gonna be that other person. So I'm like, okay, well, it is what it is. I'll still, if I continue this route of working hard, being a good person, trying to help others, I'll still be around twenty years from now. Again, another twenty years, I'll still be around. In those early days, were there any kind of books or resources that? helped you along your journey or was it simply just kind of learned by doing um i i didn't really start reading until my fifth year into my clothing business you know i never read books or anything like there's no videos or anything you know i looked at magazines of rappers or whatever. <laughs> no reading until no reading until i think i went through a really tough period of feeling like i lost control of my clothing company um feeling like the stores were dictating how we designed. Uh, I felt like everyone was kind of working in their own space and the team was such that there's a big divide between the, the in, in, in my company. And, you know, I came across this life coach and he came in and he pretty much, you know, like told me like, yo, you, you need to, you need to figure out why you started doing this in the first place. And then my partner handed me this book was speaking about the same thing. He's like, he's just read this book. And he, he never reads. And I was like, if you, if you're going to read this book, I'll, I'll, I'll make time to read this book. And then I read this book called Start With Why by Simon Sinek. And that pretty much really guided me back to like, hey, I didn't start this clothing brand to become, you know, I wasn't doing this to become filthy rich. That wasn't why I did it. You know, but that was part of the reason why like, yeah, I need to make money. Um, but I wanted to be, you know, like be in a creative field. I wanted to continue working for myself and working with my friends. And that's why I did it for and to, you know, change and change and help the community. So once I started thinking about that, you know, I really flipped myself from from that, that point, that period to to where I'm at today, you know, I'm like, Hey, you know, if I, if I fall on my face, that's fine. As long as I'm, as long as I'm giving it my best and being myself, then, uh, I, I can live with the results. Yeah. I think for, if you're falling on your face and you're moving towards something, then I think that's fine. Cause you can get back up and keep going. It's like, if you fall over and you just sat there doing nothing, then it's like, then there's a bit of an issue. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a problem. And when it kind of um, going back to what you said there about kind of stores dictating like what designs and stuff you gave them, I think that's a problem that a lot of creatives have when it comes to working with clients. How do you kind of balance that of like doing the stuff that you actually want to be doing compared to the stuff that they're asking for? Um, it's it's when you're dealing with those corporate stores, it's tough, right? You, you know, those ones are the ones that pay the bills. So do you you know design a collection for them and then keep your then do you design another collection separately that's more for you? Um, but th- that depends on, do you, are your finances strong? Does everything make sense? Do you have another side gig that you're working on that can and can keep you afloat? And I think that, that's what happened for me, right? I, I At the time when I was doing clothing, I was like, this is all I know. I, I, for myself at that time period, I was like, and if I don't make this clothing thing work out, I'm, I'm done. Like, what am I going to do out, outside of this? And thankfully, you know, once I started digging to my hobbies and, and I went to the food industry that really changed everything. You know, I was like, Hey, if, if I can make this work, I'll, I can make anything work. You know, like if I ever fall, my, if anything were to fail, I'll always be able to figure it out. Now I can, I, I'm not afraid now. And, and I'm not, I'm not going to stick to one thing anymore. That's why I have, you know, so many brands under my belt now. Yeah. The other week me and Adam were talking about success stacking and how you have so much more confidence, the more wins that you have, and you can come from a completely different industry 
with a success and it makes the next industry so much easier yep. because you know that you've conquered one that it just makes the task of conquering the second one just seem so much smaller. Correct. Yeah, it, it does. You know, the my confidence level has dramatically increased over the years. You know, I totally understand what I'm getting to, getting into. I am ready to, you know, I'm, I, we all, we all go in it to win, right? But I definitely had my losses along the way, but I just, you know, I just, sh- I shake it off real quick and I'm, I'm onto the next thing like right away. Because yeah, I mean, when we look at your Instagram and I, and I look at your bio and there's just like, <laughs> just like six or seven brands on there that, that are absolutely killing it. Um, it's very easy to only um, see the successes. Are there any kind of big failures that that stand out for you, for you? Not in the sense of that you're embarrassed or in sh- ashamed of them, because it seems yeah. like you're not of any of your failures. But any that really um, stand out to you as like markers of I really learned from that. I really grew from that failure. Yeah, um, I think from um, you know from I'll take I can go from each industry that I jumped into from you know real estate. I learned. That you know, I, I I learned that yeah, I didn't I didn't particularly like that industry, um, but I picked up a lot of early skills from it, which were important. But my failures from that were you know I, I you know I did something that I didn't like, and I couldn't picture myself I can't picture myself doing that forever. Uh, when I went to the clothing industry, um, streetwear at that time in in the early two thousands was was all growing at the same time, and we're all early, we're all kid all the guys in the industry were. You're all, we're all under 30 years old, right? Everyone in the industry is under 30 years old. And it was, it was growing super fast and we're all trying to keep up, right? We're, you know, we're 20 something year old kids. We were trying to make denim jackets, all these things that we didn't understand production overseas that completely obliterated us. Um, if I were to do, if I were to do it again, I would definitely grow at us. I would have taken more of my time on, on developing, Instead of trying to keep up with everyone else, because keeping you know that the competitive side came in again, which was good and bad at the same time, um, but that that hurt a lot of us. You know, production you're waiting. You know, for t-shirts you can you can print and you're ready to go. It's like tomorrow you're done, right? But when you're dealing with like production overseas, you're doing it's like it's a, a design process which takes who knows how long, and then overseas production is, is once you submit it, it's like usually ninety days, like from from them working on it to putting it on a boat to getting over here landing and, and the ports approving your product and and that stuff you know if it comes late if you have product that comes in in the winter that was meant for summer then you're in big trouble you know now you gotta <laughs> refigure everything out you're like okay well now now i gotta send this to australia where the you know now i gotta work with them to hopefully they can they can pick all this up to because they're you know opposite seasons and there's so much big headaches from it and if you can't move it then you're stuck with all that inventory and guess what you know now, now you're now you're in the red and it's not good um I think just you know pacing myself better in that industry, uh, or, or or really taking my time with it, and not 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 falling into the traps of like, hey, you need to produce as much as them. Like, yeah, you can still compete, but do it a lot differently. Um, in the food side, I learned a lot about, you know, I grew so quickly in the in the in the in the food space um, that you know I had no experience in it at all. But I, I don't I don't think on the food side I had, I had a lot of issues. I think I had more issues with the partnerships that I was working with. Um, I was dealing. I, I began dealing with more with with bigger egos, and since things were growing so quickly with money this time around, that I saw it. I saw people changing from it. I was like, I gotta, you know, I gotta really, I gotta really pay attention to the, a lot of these small details that happen, and 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 find partners that are really transparent and look for those red flags before I hop into it. But also, even the, even with the bad partners, I learned a lot from them. You know, they taught me to be. I, I built tougher skin through it. 
I, you know, I learned how to be a lot tougher in my, in my, in my deal points, you know, it's like, okay, well, these guys are sharks, you know, these are the, these are the things I should pick up along that. And these are things I should not avoid. I, I should avoid. So there's, there's good and bad from all of it. And, and I wouldn't change anything because I wouldn't be where I'm at right now if I didn't learn from all these, you know, all these mistakes or lessons. Like there's some really <laughs> good points there because it's like, especially with the, the bad partners, I think a lot of people would be like, oh, I'm, I don't, I'm too scared to get a partner just in case they're a bad one. Yeah. I'm too scared to go and do this just in case it doesn't work. But as you were saying now, like every single thing that you go through, you learn from. So it's so much better to have gone through something and it not worked than to never have tried at all. Yeah, 100%. Because if you're not doing it, you'll never know, right? You're just going to be wondering all the like, or you're going to see someone that did your idea a few years later and you're like, damn, I had that idea 10 years ago. And you don't want to be that guy, right? I get to fortunately be that guy that created something where people go, I thought of that 10 years ago. Well, I'm like, well, too bad, fucker. I, I, I did it. For, I'm the one that put it out to the world first. <laughs> yeah, I have written on my wall, um, talk minus action equals zero, um, which is my my equation to live by because there's so many people out there that, are, that have got that have got great ideas but without the action to actually make it happen then it's nothing it equals zero yeah ideas are ideas are shit if you don't make that you don't turn to action there's nothing it's just there you know it's just I'm, i have i have thousands of ideas in my head all day long and if i don't turn to action it's just just it's just waste yeah 100 yeah. percent. you posted on instagram the other day um about you jelly and um, it was a concept that you were working on. And you sa- you mentioned in the post that you had like a bad gut feeling about it. Mm-hmm. And that turned out to be true and that you should, you like, you should have listened to, to your gut. I mean, I think for Adam and I, we've had this discussion before that 100% of the time where we've had a, a bad feeling about a deal or a mm-hmm. client or whatever it might be, it has always turned out to be bad. Is, is that a similar experience for you? Yeah, a lot of times, yes. A very majority of times, when I felt bad about the situation, and I still went for it, which, which is, you know, your natural habit. You're gonna, you're gonna go for. It. Sometimes you're gonna take the chance, right? And you're gonna go for it, and you're like, damn, why did I do that? But, but, you know, I take it as a good thing because you know, I learned from it, right? I, I, I convert. I also converted it into a very successful business after that, um, and it gave me one of the, it, it gave me one of the projects that that got me so much press that put me on the map at that at that time that I was like, okay, it was a good thing that it happened. So as someone who's started so many successful businesses, what if tomorrow you're going to start a new one? What would that kind of roadmap look like? Yeah, um, these days um, I'm looking, I'm always looking for something that's special something, right? With every project that we're starting, I'm looking for, hey, like, does this concept going to make an impact? Is it, is it unique enough? Like I could, I could go out and start another burger restaurant. I could start, you know, everything else like everyone else, but it's not. For me, what's the point? What's what's the point these days for me, right? Like, what else do I have to prove in the in the in the food industry if I'm not doing something innovative and super cool or something gets me overly excited? I'm not going to touch it. So I need to make sure that it's 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 going to get me super excited. It's got to be fun and unique. Um, the process is to make sure I find a strong operating partner because I usually stay on the front of the side and I always find someone that hand, understands the kitchen really well in the back and 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 works well with people. Um, and usually I'm working on scouting, you know, scouting for locations, um, going over the lease terms of the location, um, design of the store, uh, marketing, branding. Um, so I think those are the big processes of product development along the way too. And a lot of times the idea that we start off with comes out completely different by the time we open the store because of all the changes and regulations and things that you come across and you're like, Hey, this is not going to work. So how do we make this work? Uh, and, And that's always a, I think that's with any business here. It's always a process and it comes out a lot different than you originally imagined. And sometimes, a lot of times it's for the better.
Regarding the design of the store as well, I remember seeing, I think I saw on Instagram, like the inside of like matte black coffee. And I was like, that looks like the sickest interior ever. It literally looks like an illustration. It's so cool. Um, What was kind of like, what's your kind of concept behind that? Yeah, uh, in that particular project, you know, I teamed up with um, a very, very famous artist right now, Joshua Vides, and he's been doing a lot of amazing work. And he came, we both came from the same industry of, of streetwear. He had a clothing brand, I had a clothing brand. And, um, you know, when he wanted to, when he approached me about doing coffee shop, I was like, yes, you know, I was like, I, I know exactly what to do with this project. Um, you know, the experience is everything because that's what people are going to remember. That's what people are going to talk about. You know, that's what's going to spread that wildfire of, of getting people excited. And when I, when you see something like that, right, you just want to jump out of your seat. Like, I got to go there. You know, I got, I just have to go here. I need to get my picture. I need to get my picture in the space, right? Because you feel like when you walk through those doors, I'm, our job is to take you somewhere else, right? Take you, uh, your escape from reality. And when you come there, this should be your space to be like, wow, like, oh, how can I, how can I one up this project? How can I, you know, how can I out- outperform these guys? And, and that's what we want from you guys. We want from the customers, you know, we want them to come there, get super excited, get super creative and, 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 and come and, and push us to, to, to step up our game for the future too. Yeah. I, th- I think um, creativity is obviously really important to you. And you realize that the success of a business is gonna, because really like if we're talking, if we're taking coffee for an example, I mean, a cup of coffee is a cup of coffee is a cup of coffee, really. I mean, if I if I do a taste test around five different LA coffee shops, that they're, they're they're all going to be of a good standard. Um, so it is that experience that that is really important, and it's the creativity of of the space and creating an environment that people want to visit. Um, what are what are some of the things that you would encourage people to look at? Like, what's the process of creating a space that is going to be creative different instagrammable somewhere that people are going to want to be i think people really need to study different experiences you know like what what gets you know i think for everyone just like myself right what gets you out of your seat and what's gonna, what's gonna get you excited to come in the store and work every day to make to make it a good time or for your staff to, to for your staff to come in with good energy like hey i gotta be at this awesome place every day you know i got people coming in smiling having a good time and that's that's what kind of we that's how we we approach things like we want people to come there and have something memorable like our staff can be like yeah i'm proud to work here because this is the coolest place to be at you know if you work if you work if you get to work at matt black coffee you get it you're the coolest person on the block right it's like you know any any of our businesses, but you get to work there. You're like, okay, I get to be affiliated with these this circle of creatives. Like that's that's kind of the 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 desirability of, of what we 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 develop from the like you know they come there. You go to some regular coffee shop. They're playing like lo-fi music and it's it's really soft. But you know we're like pumping like fun you know fun loud music through the speakers because we you know we want it we want it to bring something different to you. Like we're, whether it's like space music or something, whatever we decide it's gonna be, it's we wanted something. Uh, unique and memorable and i think you have such an advantage coming from the streetwear world as well because i look at a lot of your venues of of different businesses that you have and i can see that edge that only comes through being a fan of of streetwear um and i I think that's the the amazing thing of sort of having experience in different industries is you can take an aesthetic that you know works over here and then just throw it on this and see if it works over here. And for you, it really does. Yeah, no, I, I think when I, at the time when I when I first started um, and jumping into the food industry, no one was doing that. You know, they weren't applying life the, the lifestyle aspect to what what you know what people actually wanted. I was like, well, I went to a normal ice cream store and 
you know, there, there's no music playing. The, the, the flavors are just the same flavors you see everywhere else. And the staff looks bored out of their minds. And I was like, you know, that's not what I want. You know, I want a place where I could, it feels like a party. You know, I want, I want this place to be super lit. And, that's, and I wanted to create that environment based off where I wanted to go. Um, and you could see that. You could see that when you visit the stores. And, if you, you know, you, if you, see, you saw me, you saw, if somebody pointed and said, that's the owner, you'd be like, yeah, I, I believe it. And I, that, that's, it's authentic. That's interesting because it's like, yeah, when you go down that streetwear route, it's like, what is streetwear? It's just normal clothes, but with a little bit of an edge. And it's like, it's that, it's it's normal clothes with culture. And it's like adding that element of culture into it is going to then people feel a part of it. And as soon as you can just add that to anything, it's like adding personality and culture to anything that you're doing, it's going to appeal to people and bring people in. Of course, and I think that's why people continue to follow. You know, they follow myself and my, my brand along the way, and they're you know they're willing to try any of my new brands at least once because it's for them. You know, over time, I've been able. Yeah, it's for them. Yeah, I've, I've, prov- I've provided something I we created for them, and it's a uh, it's uh, they they trust that I'm gonna come strong with it every time. So, Andy, as as the kid who was told that they would never make it, what advice would you give to anyone listening to this who maybe has had those negative experiences in the past? Um, advice is, you know, just to block all that out. If you, if you do, if you do take that energy, take it and, and, and turn it into something great, um, that, that anything in the world is possible. Now you don't have to know, you don't have to be a know-it-all to make things work. You can, you can start with, with little to no experience and, and make things happen. Don't let, don't let negative words steer you away don't let people tell you like you need money to start a business like there's a lot of things that you know when i when i hear those when i hear those words like hey I well, you need a lot of money to start that i was like I, I didn't start that with a lot of money you know i figured it out you know i figured it out with next to nothing you know i was just super resourceful and i was determined to make it work and now i'm in a different you know i'm in a completely different position now because because of that you know and a lot of guys i've seen you know a lot of guys that doubted themselves are are, are not here not around today for a reason you know and um just just stick to your guts and and fight fight your way through because you never know what it might take you it might you know, remember this, your first business what the rate of failure is is 90 90 something percent is your first business is going to fail okay well if you continue doing more and more and more like that that rate's going to change right the, the, obviously the, the the statistics change so maybe it's not your first one might be your 10th 11th business but if you're willing to go to that then that 11th business might be your your you the Jeff Bezos, you know, that might be your, your one that, that t- changes the world or does something like like Elon Musk. So uh, keep fighting your way through because you never know when hap- it happens. And they say, but I, you know, I read all the time the, guy, the most of most of these millionaires don't get become millionaires until their forties. I'm like, okay, well, uh, mm. we've already hit that route. So now I'm going. I'm still in my thirties. So I'm, I'm good. So now I get to my forties. I'm gonna I'm gonna do some something insanely incredible. You know, even crazier than I've done already. So that's why I keep pushing. That's so important because, because I think so many younger people have such pressure on them now to just be like, well, I need to be a millionaire by tomorrow because they see people like Zuckerberg and kind of other people, even just on Instagram, who are seemingly absolutely smashing it with loads of money. And they're like, oh, well, I need to be a millionaire by the time I'm 24. And it's like, yeah, when you realize actually most millionaires are formed in their 40s and how old are you now? And then how long is that between getting there? You can put in a hell of a lot of hell of a lot of work between now and then. Um, you mentioned earlier the um, Simon Sinek book being a being a key factor. 
Um, what what was the because I, I meant to ask this, but the conversation kind of moved on. But um, what was the the kind of big thing that you took away from that book? And is there anything from it that that still resonates today? Yeah, you know, I, I make sure that I have. There's a reason why I start every single business. They need need to be, uh, you know, the the why is a, is a big factor. Like, hey, why am I do, why am I doing this for? Like, why do I continue to 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 put myself in the food industry, which is a very risky industry as well? You know, restaurant industry is not easy. Um, why do I keep pushing my, putting myself in this place to continue doing it? Um, the reason I continue doing it is because I want to push the creative community, you know, not just in food, just creative, creatives in general, to take a, to take a leap of, of faith and, and try something that they've never done before or, or take that, take that next, next step of, of, you know, showing your, proving to your parents or your friends that you can make something work that, that they didn't think was possible because, in this day and age, everything is possible. Access to information is so much easier now, and if you aren't if you aren't trying, it's because you're lazy. Because it's 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 way way easier now. I mean, I've seen I've met these lot of these kids who've you know become millionaires at 19 from e-commerce or whatever, and I was like, wow, that was not possible before. But the access all the access to information and being able to sell worldwide now is is cha- completely shifted and changed the world. That if you're not taking advantage of it. You're just lazy. <laughs> That's all there is to it. You're, you're, you're lazy, or you're scared. You're scared of what everyone thinks, and you need to you, you need you need to drop you need to drop that and, and and try it. And you don't have you can you can try you can go ahead and try it. Don't tell anyone what you're working on. Do it. Work on it yourself. Then right. Work on yourself until you really need help, and then start asking for help. Yeah, you're so right, and I and I don't think enough people call it out um, because we always have to treat everyone with kid gloves and and look after them and make sure that they're okay but sometimes yeah you do me and adam have done it on the show before and said like if you if you've been listening to this show for the past year and your results are not there yet well are you putting in enough work and we got so many dms from people going you really called me out on the last on the last episode and that that spoke to me and it hit me and it hurt me deep because i knew really that i was just being lazy um, so I really love that you that that was your choice of words. I think uh, recognize that if these things aren't coming, like it, what is it down to? Like look at where this, look at the successful people, look at the work that they're putting in. Mm. Are you putting in everything you can to something? Because if you come back to me in five years' time and say yes, every single day I was putting it in, mm. I guarantee like there'll be something there. There'll be something yep. to show. There'll for be some it. move. There'll definitely be some movement. You'll see something. You just got to be consistent in making the right right uh, changes along the way right it's all it's like like same thing working out you can do the same workout every day but five years later if you don't if you don't change it a little bit here and there you don't keep tweaking it you're gonna have you're not gonna get any results your results are not gonna change you're gonna you're gonna peak out 100 percent um dude thank you so much for coming on the show really enjoyed it um could you let the listeners know where they can find you online yeah you can find me on social media platforms at andy the nguyen um thank you guys for having me on the show i I had a great time of you know sharing uh my past stories and uh Hope to see you guys all again soon. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Yeah, it was fun, man. Real, a real inspiration. Thank you. Thank you.